What's very important to us is to do things in an African way. We think that Africa has learned a lot from the world, and now it's time to do things in a local way. Distribute the generation is the way to go. I am Yariv Cohen. I co-founded a company called Ignite Solar. Warm greetings and welcome to Power People, a new podcast series from the Africa Progress Panel. The Africa Progress Panel consists of 10 distinguished individuals from the private and public sector who advocate for equitable and sustainable development for Africa. Kofi Annan chairs the panel and is closely involved in its day-to-day work. The other panel members are Michel Kamdesu, Peter Eigen, Bob Geldof, Grasa Machel, Strive Masiwa, Lina Moholo, Olushego Obasanjo, Robert Rubin and Tijan Chiam. I'm Max Bankole Jarrett the director in charge of the APP Secretariat, and also your host for this podcast series. In each episode of the series, we'll be discussing a range of issues linked to the 2015 Africa Progress Report, Power, People, Planet, Seizing Africa's Energy and Climate Opportunities, which sets out a path to the energy transformation that Africa needs. The Power, People, Planet Report calls for a tenfold increase in power generation in Africa by 2030. Why? Well, because the need for modern energy in Africa is so, so urgent. Here are some stark facts. 621 million Africans currently live without access to electricity. And sadly, 600,000 die each year from household air pollution, simply because they rely for cooking on biomass. Throughout this Power People podcast series, I speak to individuals who are working to address this challenge by focusing on the opportunities that currently exist in Africa to, so to speak, power the future now. My guest in this edition is Yarif Cohen. Now, Yarif, you're a businessman who's operated in many different markets in the world. What excites you and inspires you about what's currently happening in Africa's energy sector? What, what drove you to actually invest in Africa? I've been in Africa for the past decade, uh, looking both in opportunities, developing solar, biomass, biogas, all kinds of projects. And what's the difference now is we have the technology and the financing structure to connect everyone. And by everyone, I mean everyone. And not in 20 years, but in two. This is the time it takes us to connect 1 million people in Rwanda to power. So this is something that can happen all across Africa. With what we have today, they should not be waiting for the grid. Just connect it now, and this is what we see. And what do you think has been the key driver in that kind of scale-up to make things you know, possible now than it maybe couldn't have been, say, 15 years ago before you entered the market? One is the technology is there. We have mobile money, we have solar panels. Cost has gone down. There is investor belief in Africa that's the future. There's proper governance that we are seeing more and more and more all across the continent, which is the key for any investment. In the case of our project, we're investing close to $40 million. And unless there were governance and proper procedures, we will not be able to feel comfortable making this investment. We see the talent on the ground, people that are hungry and motivated and loyal and that can learn the business extremely fast and just go at it. We've been in Africa for a long time and we see a conversion of all of those just making it the time to be in Africa. A question of clarification, please, Yari. Did you say 14 million or 40 million? 40 million. So you put 40 million you skin in the game in Africa. Was that something you were skeptical about or something you always thought was a good play? I always thought it's a good play. It takes time to develop. 
So there's no shortage of capital going into Africa. It's just that the projects need to be well-defined, well-structured, well-developed. This project in Rwanda, connecting a quarter of a million homes or over a million people, took us two years to develop in collaboration with the government, with all the stakeholders, till it reached the stage where, okay, we are ready to go in, the risks are well-managed, we understand what we're going into, and we can come in a commercial way. If we're looking at Africa's role, you know, it's this major continent of the continents on this planet, but also it's been somewhat marginalized in in certain areas. But as far as energy is concerned, in the global context, what do you think that Africa must now learn from other regions? And what is it that, for example, maybe in the mobile uh, financing sector, what is it that other regions can learn from Africa right now? So I think what's been very important to us is to do things in an African way. We think that Africa has learned a lot from the world, and now it's time to do things in a local way. Distributed generation is the way to go. We should not have big power stations. We should have community stations, even here in London, where you can use the power more efficiently and more smartly. What I believe is over the next decade, we will see new business models and new technologies coming first to Africa, and then the same models will be applied to rural parts of the West and then to major cities. So if I look at where technology uh, futuristic needs to start looking at is what's happening on the ground in the places that's really, really hard to deliver, and how do you bring it back to the major cities? Could you explain a bit more from your own personal experience, for example, in Rwanda, what you mean about these new business models and you know, things that are, can be tried and tested in Africa and succeed in Africa that could be scaled up and expanded to other regions of the world? An example from your own personal experience. So four years ago, we started working together with Bloomberg on how you make Rwanda 100% clean access. So taking it from 20% access to energy to 100% all from renewable. That's a, a dream you could not even imagine to do in any country in Europe because the infrastructure is not there. And we looked at, okay, how do you create distributed generation? How do you first start put mobile money paid solar home system on houses and you make them affordable? So the person in the house can get power just from a small panel and a battery And because the lighting is efficient and the radio is efficient and the TV is efficient and there's no waste, there's no energy eating air conditioning, but a fan, you don't need those cables and you don't need those coal fire power plants. You can settle for a lot, lot less. And then you start putting them together and you connect them and you finance them like there would be a big project. So what you would see is solar panels almost on every place possible in Africa and outside and business models where the consumer pays for it either because he doesn't get reliable power or because it's cheaper. Every year, solar prices are going down by 15%. That's unmatched by anything else, which means we are all going to use it, and the ways we will use it are the same ways we are now installing in Africa. Consumer paid, overtime, and very, very efficient appliances. Now, I'm aware that, you, of course, you're a businessman, but to you, policy and governance issues are absolutely critical to ensure an enabling environment for your business uh, initiatives to succeed. Now, looking globally at the whole policy environment, with regard to policy issues in the energy space, what has inspired you since the Paris conference last year? What I see, I must say, on African countries, we can see policy that's becoming more and more ambitious towards energy targets. There's been a lot of discussion on the capital flow that will come to Africa. And I must say most of it is private. That's the capital we use. We can see private investors looking at the policies now enabling businesses to operate where making a, a good project is something that the local stakeholders from the government and everybody else want to do and want to support. So we see a 
a difference in appetite and a difference in ambition on what African leaders think their countries can achieve. Now, Yoav, I want to turn to a question which is a key question in this podcast series. If you had just 30 seconds, well, actually, I'll give you 45 seconds. If you had 45 seconds to convince an African head of state of government of the urgency of advancing the energy agenda in their country and in the region, what would your message be, for example, to President Kenyatta, President Kagame, the Prime Minister de Salin in Ethiopia? What would your message be? Access to energy is the first pillar of any advancement. It's for education, for health, for economic activity. Until today, it was difficult. You had to build infrastructure and it was almost impossible. Today, we can. Today, we can connect a million people to power in two years in any country in Africa. There is a way and there is immediate benefit and the costs or the implication for the state are fairly minor. With very modest investment, with a bit of policy, with a technical analysis and just support, we can execute amazing projects in no time. There's no reason why anybody in Africa today should not have access to clean, safe energy. You sound very energized and very positive, but is there anything that keeps you awake at night as a businessman operating in this sector? It's a, it's a business. There's 100 decisions you have to make every day. There's 100 challenges you overcome, and you overcome them. And what I'm optimistic is the business environment in Africa today is the best I've ever seen in it. Been operating there for 10 years. It's improving almost every year. And if I look forward, I think a lot of the challenges we see today will be removed over the next decade. Now, another question has always intrigued me about you, Yara, because I know that you're a global player. You could be in many markets. I know, you, you know you're in the US, Israel, uh, India, other places, but you are in Africa. You, you see the future in Africa and you see the opportunities. I asked a question already about an African leader of the importance, but what about those other people who are in the financial sector, for example, the United States, who, mm, you know, not really sure about Africa? What's your message to them? I think that... Um I'm in Africa because of passion and because of business. I see them both converge. We enjoy what we do and we think the impact is phenomenal and we think it's good business. I operated in China, in India, in Russia, in Malaysia, in the US, and the project opportunities we see today in Africa are exactly like they were when we were in China in early 2000s. You can see a place that's understanding that this is an environment that's new, that needs to be understood, but if you understand it, that the opportunities are ripe. If I look over the next decade, the only place I think will sustainably grow is Africa. And in your opinion, what is it that an organization such as our organization, the Africa Progress Panel, uh, what can the Africa Progress Panel do to help advance Africa's energy agenda, in your personal view? Continue what you're doing. Advertise that this can be done. There's still skepticism from all directions. Can those solutions actually work? Can we do it? Yes, we can. Leaders need to know it, investors need to know it, entrepreneurs, universities. This is the right place to be, and there's a business model that works well, that can address something that we couldn't believe was possible in no time. Africa, yes, we can. Yarif Cohen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Max. Wish you all the best. You've been listening to an episode of Power People, a podcast series production of the Africa Progress Panel Secretariat. I am Max Bankale-Jarrett. My co-producer and studio manager on this podcast series is Dan Graham. For more information on the work of Kofi Annan and his colleagues on the Africa Progress Panel, please visit our website at 
www.africaprogresspanel.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at at Africa Progress. And please do join our growing community of over 1 million supporters on Facebook. We really look forward to engaging with you as we continue to actively promote and highlight the myriad opportunities in Africa to power the future now. Forward ever and all the best.